Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, April 12th. I'm Wayne Pratt. As the COVID-19 vaccine becomes more available, some need to be sold on taking the shots. In many meatpacking communities, vaccine hesitancy, cultural barriers, and accessibility issues could hinder the rollout from reaching the most vulnerable. It doesn't matter how much information you create. What really does matter is how much information is actually getting to the people that need to understand it. In just a few minutes, we will hear from some of the Latino leaders who are working to make sure their communities are not left behind. St. Louis Health Department officials are urging families to continue protecting children and teens from the coronavirus, even as more people receive the COVID-19 vaccine. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports roughly 20 percent of the cases in the past week have been in people younger than 19. Health officials say that as more people receive the vaccine, families should continue to make sure everyone takes precautions. All adult Missourians are now eligible to receive the coronavirus vaccine, but none are approved for those 15 years old and younger. Dr. Jason Newland is a pediatric infectious disease doctor at St. Louis Children's Hospital. He says a higher percentage of children and teens could be testing positive because fewer older people are testing positive. Now the kids that aren't vaccinated, we're seeing a greater percentage, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's more cases. It might just be there's more greater proportion. Newland says the end of the pandemic is in sight, but everyone should continue to wear masks and avoid large crowds for the next few months. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A group that advocates for racial and gender equity in policing is criticizing St. Louis County Police Chief Mary Barton. The Ethical Society of Police and its allies say members have no confidence in Barton. They accuse the department of retaliating against Officer Shanette Hall, who is black, after she was interviewed by a national media outlet. Within 24 hours of that interview, Hall was moved from human resources to a patrol position. Officials say there have been nearly 390 transfers or reassignments of commissioned personnel last year to meet the needs of the department. Republicans in the Illinois General Assembly are pushing back on a new child tax credit proposal from a Chicago Democrat. They point out Governor J.B. Pritzker has already put a slew of tax credits on the chopping block to help balance the state budget. Republican State Senator Don DeWitt of St. Charles says it would be difficult to approve new items this year as lawmakers decide whether to follow Pritzker's recommendations to eliminate more than $1 billion in annual tax credits. While Senator Simmons' intent is certainly understood and appreciated, uh, it has the wrong effect on the state budget. The credit would cost an estimated $750 million in tax revenue. If approved, the credit could be applied when parents file taxes next year. A new species of ant discovered in Central America has a Missouri connection. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports it's named after a staff member at Missouri University of Science and Technology. Sissia Sumnicti is named after Theo Sumnick, the caretaker and outreach teacher at Missouri S&T's Ozark Field Station. The tiny, blind ant is so rare it's never been captured alive. Sumnick collected dead samples during an undergraduate trip to Central America and analyzed them during his Ph.D. work. The professor who published the paper on several new species named one after him. 
Sumnick is pretty humble. I'm not really sure that I would add it as, say, a, a line on my resume. I think it's more of a personal honor. Sumnick started at S&T in 2019 and hopes to continue his ant research in the Ozarks. By looking at sort of local ant fauna, just getting to know who's here. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Latinos are far less likely to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Our reluctance to get the shots, grounded in language, culture, and other factors, piles onto the health care inequities that many Latinos already face. As David Condos reports, that could leave many meatpacking communities at risk. Enrique Rodriguez Friends hosts the top Spanish radio station in Southwest Kansas, La Mexicana. Saludos, saludos, saludos. That makes him a well-known guy in these parts. Hello, young lady. How you doing? How are you so when the National Beef Meatpacking Plant wanted more people to line up at its vaccine clinic in Liberal, they called him. No symptoms. He came to live stream his vaccination to over 20,000 Facebook followers. That's it? No senti absolutamente. After getting his shot, he went to tell his 65-year-old mother. And she was like, Oh my gosh, know that you're going to have consequences. His mom doesn't want to get vaccinated because she's afraid of fictitious side effects she's heard from one bogus source or another. So how can you fight all this garbage? I don't have the answer. Friends' story illustrates the complicated task facing the country. Now that the COVID-19 vaccine is becoming more available, people need to be sold on taking the shots. In Latino communities, vaccine hesitancy, cultural barriers, and accessibility issues could hinder the rollout from reaching the most vulnerable. <laughs> Not all at once. About two hours after Friends live streams his vaccination, a group of people from the liberal area file into a community center conference room. Did you guys all hear that? He's They're here to talk about the vaccine, or more to the point, their concerns about taking it. The chip could be like microscopic. I don't really trust it. The government will know exactly. I just want to wait and see if need COVID worldwide for a purpose. The most common concern in this room comes from a lack of clear, consistent information. Here's Edgar Galindo. And I still keep asking, you know, questions that are, it's going to work or just you have to have it every year. I'm still waiting for that. Rodrigo Calderon worries about where the shot came from. I'm just waiting for more information. So, I mean, I don't plan on taking it, but maybe later on I'll change my mind. And at least in this room, he's not alone. How many of you guys would take the vaccine now? Out of the 16 people in this group, just two say they want the vaccine. Janet Vasquez works at Southwest Medical Center in Liberal and organized the focus group. People are already very emotional. I mean, COVID has been very challenging for a lot of people. And so hearing rumors about the vaccine just terrifies them and scares them more. So Vasquez has made social media videos with Hispanic doctors, posters with vaccine facts in Spanish, anything that might help more people get their shots. For places like Liberal and Dodge City, which are more than 60 percent Latino, the stakes are high. If messages about the vaccine don't speak to Hispanic residents in ways they'll take to heart, pockets of unvaccinated people could incubate future outbreaks. To be clear, resistance to vaccination stretches beyond Latinos. A recent NPR poll found nearly 40 percent of Latinos don't want the vaccine. But the figures were similar or even higher for white evangelicals and Republican men. The challenge in southwest Kansas is that boilerplate public health messages likely won't reach Latinos in any meaningful way. Ernesto de la Rosa is a chairperson of the state's Hispanic and Latino American Affairs Commission and lives in Dodge City. He says it'll take more than just translating information from English to Spanish. It's about making messages culturally relevant. 
He calls it meeting people where they are. And I don't necessarily mean by place. I mean by their thoughts, their culture, how they go on with their everyday life. It could be as simple as featuring the voices of native Spanish speakers or playing Latin cumbia music under an ad. Anything that lets Latinos know this message is for them. Radio host Enrique Rodriguez Friends plans to keep delivering this message in as many different ways as he can. It doesn't matter how much information you create. What really does matter is how much information is actually getting to the people that need and they understand it. So how can we connect better? That's the challenge every day. That's my challenge every day. And after he gets his second dose, he's going to pay another visit to his mom. I ain't giving up on this uh, lady. She's my mom, dude. I'm David Condos. David is a reporter for Harvest Public Media. That is a collaboration focusing on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.